0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect
0: helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the folks that love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White with Carol Palmer. Today, we will be your guides through Mississippi's vast and wonderful food landscape. Today on the show, we sit down and talk with the one and only Tim Pierce. From Memphis Kitchen, he entertains and inspires our Cooking and Coping Facebook page with his photos, comments, and recipes. Today, we welcome Tim to Deep South Dining, to our table, to jumpstart the conversation on Thanksgiving From Turkey to Sides, and of course, his mother's famous cornbread dressing. As always, we want to hear from you. What's going on in your kitchen? Shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. Carol and I are so happy this morning. We are sad to have lost the killer. As you know, the great Jerry Lee Lewis passed away. And uh, he was close to many of us as he lived in Boonville for a while and, of course, was...
1: Everybody lived in Boonville for a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, is known for his work in and around Memphis, and today we're going to pursue the Memphis theme.
1: Yes, we are. And we are also pursuing the Chantilly cream because.
0: Because last night in your humble abode, you had a dinner party for our special guest, Mr. Tim Pierce.
1: And we had. For
0: dessert, we had Chantilly <laughs> cake.
1: cake. Pretty.
0: We don't get paid to sing, and it's a good thing. I know. How are you doing this morning, Carol?
1: I am doing great. We had so much fun last night, and I had a fantastic. Week of cooking last week because of you.
0: Oh yeah, tell us about yes. that.
1: Yes, you and your lovely wife Kara Norris White, who actually uh, carries back to old Virginia, old Virginia, gave us a cured ham, mm. and it was so much fun. It had great instructions by your father-in-law Rob Norris, and I followed them. And man, was it a process.
0: It is a process, but the rewards are great.
1: The rewards are great. I had to soak the ham mm-hmm. for twelve hours. I did a little extra.
0: Okay, extra, just, just
1: to make just to make sure extra in Virginia, and put that thing in the oven. Um, Rob had said, you know, cut up some apples right. and put he loves some to apple put juice. Fruits and vegetables. You got to give it a little aroma, mm-hmm. and I cooked it for uh, seven hours. It was at 250. Very it slow. It was a 14-pound ham.
0: And you hacked the the hawk off of it.
1: And then, oh, oh, I had to get <laughs> uh, Jimmy Palmer, John's son, had to come with a saw mm-hmm. to saw the hock off because Rob said we needed to to saw off four to five inches. I tried my Chinese cleaver, but... No. And I didn't it's, have it's, a chainsaw. It's no match
0: for yeah. a ham hock. I
1: needed, I needed a chainsaw, but... When it came out of the oven, I thought, oh, boy, this is it. Let me get a platter out. Oh, no. Oh, no. The next step is you have to carve the layer of fat.
0: Mm -hmm. Of love. It's love.
1: Love. Mm -hmm. Fat is love. And, I mean, it's thick. Some places, two to three inches. So you're, you know, just. Shaving. Yeah, shaving this ham. And it was. Beautiful and tasty, and I want to. It's like to- a
0: Weight Watchers diet. It just peels off.
1: Yeah, it, it just peels <laughs> off. But thanks to you and Kara, and um, thank your father in law and my friend who I've met, and thanks so highly, of, Rob Norris. Well, in Richmond. In
0: Richmond. There's nothing like a good Virginia. Country ham, and you know, Rob grew up in the northern neck, up on the around the Chesapeake area of Virginia. And as a child, they actually cured their own hams. Uh, they had a smokehouse in the back of his house, and they cured their own hams. So the man
1: knows what he's talking he about. Knows,
0: man, he knows the ham uh, backwards and forwards, it's
1: from just, the foot to the <laughs> ear, from the hoof to the ear. <laughs> That's right. Tim, I am so sorry I didn't bring you any ham to taste. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: in case our listeners haven't surmised this yet, Tim Pierce is in the studio, and we will uh, welcome him. Thank you for joining us, Tim. You are a celebrity uh, uh, in our listenership, and we appreciate you joining us this morning.
2: It's great to be here. We're
0: going to talk about sides and Thanksgiving and all that, starting in the second segment of the show. But right now, uh, Carol, I was wondering uh, if you could talk a little bit about the... Entree that you prepared last night. You have been cooking out of Vish's cookbook now for quite some time.
1: Yeah, uh, and and the cookbook by Vish Bot is called "I'm from Here." Mm-hmm. We've had Vish on the show before, but he combines his Indian heritage with his now I'm calling him Southern roots because he's been here for 30 years and world cuisine, and you know. There are recipes that, like a Trinidad uh, pork pilau from the islands, but it has, you know, Indian spices and African spices. And we really are a world cuisine now, but this was Moroccan chicken stew.
0: Mm. Mighty good.
1: It was, it yeah, it really tasted, um, one of our guests, Brand, he said it tasted like being in Morocco. That's right. But I used very fresh spices. I ordered the spices from Penzi's. not for, not for this, but once I started cooking in his book, my old spices just weren't. It couldn't know, hold up. up mm. Yeah, they couldn't hold couldn't up. could And, and uh, this, you ground coriander seed, fennel seed, and cardamom seed. You know, mm. in a any grinding mechanism you have, I used a mortar and pestle, and then combined it with all these other spices and chicken. And you
0: used chicken thighs. I did, which are my, one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, and then all those spices and voila or voila we say olives, yeah. figs, yes, nuts, nuts. I mean, was, my goodness. Yeah, we
2: we stirred the pot. <clears throat> there
0: were there were uh, flavor sensations going off like yeah. Roman candles around the table.
2: I mean, I, I think the main difference between those of us that are cooks and a chef is that flavor profile. Right. It's so complex of all of those flavors, but then you get that sweetness of the figs and even that little bit of texture from the fig seed and then pecans? Yeah. I mean, all of that together. Who the, the texture was just amazing, for sure. Yeah.
0: If you don't have this cookbook, I uh, I uh, encourage you to go right away. Post haste. I'm get from Vicious here. Cookbook, I am from here.
1: And we are so excited for him because it is, it is doing just huge numbers nationally. And he's on tours in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal.
0: We just need him to keep cooking at Snack Bar. Yes. yes. Not to <laughs> Enjoy go your success, Fish, but do not wander too far. All right. In the news, Carol, after 10 years. Uh, After the five-alarm fire destroyed the factory in the Falberg Maroney in New Orleans, the famous Hubig pies are back.
1: I saw the picture. I saw the picture of the truck. I'm sorry, I'm eating Tim's dressing. Are you
0: eating uh, turkey and dressing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just finished off a pimento cheese sandwich with uh, Ripley Tennessee tomatoes and bacon.
1: Wow, we were, that were cooked well. in Tim's hotel room.
0: <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Tim is a man for all seasons. He uh, is not intimidating. He intimidated. can cook anywhere. <laughs>
1: he can cook anywhere. Now, I, w- I want to talk to you. Malcolm, you send me tips. All the time. All the time. You, and this I do would, to
0: you what I call people wearing me out. So. Yes, you wear me out.
1: <laughs> but I want to throw this to Tim and, and <laughs> to you to explain about putting flour on your bacon. <laughs> mm. Who knew?
0: Not me. Uh, That was the first I'd heard of it. Tim, I haven't asked you this question. Do you dust your bacon in flour? I do not dust. Have you ever heard of such a thing? I have not heard of it. Neither had I until I read the piece. Unless it's brown sugar. (laughs) (laughs) that could be good. Now, Carol, this is so fresh that I haven't even tried it. You haven't? No. I, I had never heard of it until I read the piece and forwarded it to you, but I'm so excited to give it a whirl. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine how crisp I mean not that bacon isn't already crisp, but with a little bit of a a flour coating on the exterior, with all that bacon fat sizzling away and combining and getting <laughs> I'm excited about this. Tim, you look doubtful. Not
2: doubtful, just thinking. <laughs> yeah. It's like,
1: like how you're thinking how can you make bacon better?
2: Well, is that called chicken fried bacon? Chicken. Fat? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> I, chicken fried uh, steak, chicken fried yeah, bacon. Yeah, I like I
0: mean. it. I like country fried bacon. Right. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it would be like fried bacon. Yeah. So why not? So, so we'll see.
2: Maybe dip but it, it in is, buttermilk and then flour.
0: <laughs> wow. Mm, I don't know. Right. Then it, then it, it's a real batter <laughs> as yeah. opposed to just a crust. Right. I see the flour lightly dusted like one would dust a piece of fish before oh, panaying sure. it. Yeah. Lightly. Of course. And then letting uh, the bacon fat do the rest of the work. I don't know, girl. We'll I don't see.
1: know, Malcolm. Uh, but I wanted—I have a tip for you. Okay. And and Tim, of course, probably knows this. Have you ever cooked black-eyed peas and you've soaked them and soaked them and soaked them, then you put them in a pot and they don't get soft?
2: Uh, Obviously,
1: nothing. <laughs> this has not happened to y'all. No.
2: Okay.
0: I've heard of it, but it hasn't been a personal issue okay. with me.
1: Well, perhaps I was using old beans, but I soaked, I cooked. They and, couldn't and they get just soft. kept
0: getting harder and harder. I
1: had a man watching television that women are the black-eyed peas going to be mm. you know, ready? Mm. A lot of Who pressure. Who loves black-eyed peas. So I looked it up on the internet, and sadly, the first six or seven pages on Google are about the Black Eyed Peas band and their songs. Uh, If you look up black eyed like (laughs) if you look up soften Black Eyed Peas, you're going to get a YouTube song, yeah, yeah, performance. But you throw a pinch of baking soda in them, Hmm. and they will just soften right up. I had no idea.
0: There, you you heard it first. Well, yeah,
1: you heard it first here on Deep South Dining. Don't right. put too much. Just yeah, because I it put cool. about a half a teaspoon. I had a pretty big pot of beans.
0: Speaking of cooking beans and peas, one things that I like to do, and we do it with our red beans at Howlum House, is when you're cooking a pot of, of of beans, as you're getting toward the end, I take about a cupful out and mush them. Mm-hmm up and make it creamy and then pour that back Absolutely. in and it seems to cream the whole pot. You, you're familiar with, yes, with love that. It. So
1: I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning at the feet of the masters.
0: So Carol, <laughs> you and I and Java. Hello, Java. How are you this morning? I am doing well. Glad to be back amongst the land of the living. <laughs> yeah, we're so happy to have you back.
3: How goes?
4: <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I'm glad Tim is here because the, 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 the studio I don't know. It has not smelled this way in a long time. It smells
0: good in there this morning.
4: Very well, good. Smells like
2: home. We've got <laughs>
0: cornbread dressing, and uh, we have these grilled cheese sandwiches in here that are just remarkable.
1: And Chantilly cake. For and Chantilly dessert. cake.
0: Which I'm blocked. I can't see it. It's the reason I, can't, I keep but, leaning you know, it I
1: brought, out. I brought the dregs of this because mm. job, we've had this conversation before. We had, we've had callers asking us about Chantilly cake. And I wanted to make sure Java was on top of this trend.
0: Oh yeah, I'm here for it. Okay. okay. All right, uh, Carol. What I was about to say is you, Java, and and I are me or whatever the correct pronoun is. We grace the cover of MPB's uh, fine tuning guide program guide.
4: How does it feel to be
1: a, a cover boy? <laughs> Both of you guys.
4: I I, I I honestly want to get it blown up and put it in my office. <laughs> I'm going to be completely uh, honest. I want, okay, I want to do that. Okay, we can do
1: it. <laughs> so but the you, thing but that, you guys really were the focus. I was just. Oh, you there. cooked
0: all the food. Yeah, come on, you were yeah, the food stylist. All right. You set on, the yeah. whole thing up. You say whatever you want. But but just minus. like a woman standing in yeah. the back. Java and I did one thing, smile. <laughs> but I will say this, um, that we, we looked extremely happy, Java, in the photo.
4: Yeah, no, it was, it's a great it's a great thing. I mean, it's November is all about Thanksgiving, and Carol wrote a lovely piece um, about friendsgiving yes, in did. the inside of the fine tuning guide. So, uh, I mean, it's a great way to welcome the season.
0: We're gonna go early to the phones. We rarely do that, but we have a caller from Mobile, Alabama, and uh, Mikey. What's happening?
3: Hey, y'all are inspiring me as usual. Um, uh, Y'all are talking about what you were eating. Well, I just got through eating uh, a thinly sliced, um, my favorite version of a vegetarian hot dog because that's what I wanted for breakfast. And um, I had um, uh, streamed some mustard, a couple of different kinds of mustard, and some uh, sweetener. What I used was agave. And I realized that I went... This tastes kind of like barbecue, you know?
0: Hmm. Barbecued hot (laughs) dog for breakfast.
3: Well, hey, for whatever. Okay, Malcolm, I mean, you got to wing it, right? Yeah, Um, i got no problem uh, with uh, it. But um, uh, y'all were talking about, y'all were introducing into my um, idea because I, I went, this is pretty darn good, you know? And this would work for a lot of things, not breakfast necessarily, but with the holidays coming up, particularly appetizer sorts of things, for people who go ew ew it's vegetarian ew ew that's great you know like, I mean give it a try come on get over it you know it's like taste it if you don't like it spit it out in the garbage can somewhere don't do it in the potted plants um, but uh, the idea that y'all struck me with is. Um, the, the uh, floured bacon, of all things. Talk about a polarization. Um, and I, I've been looking at these bunches of cracker crumbs that I have and, and some cereal crumbs and stuff like that, and I'm thinking, you know, this might be a good thing to you know put in a bag and shake up with some of these sliced-up little hot dog thingies and then put this, you know, imp- it can be done in very few minutes. Okay, let's put it that way. Wow.
1: Well, Well, you have introduced us to something new, and whenever I eat a hot dog for breakfast, Mikey, I'm going to think of you. That's
0: right. Thank you so much for sharing that tidbit with us and for listening. And
1: I'm with you. I I like vegetarian hot dogs, too, so I'm all about that.
0: A tip from my uh, father-in-law, he says, if you come back to the conversation of the ham, please point out that it is very important to slice it thin, especially if you are making ham biscuits. So don't forget to slice it thin, Carol. No problem. (laughs) All
1: right.
0: Tim, what about these Ripley, Tennessee tomatoes that are in this grilled cheese? I mean, what
2: on earth? I'm so fortunate to live just literally around the corner from the Memphis Farmers Market. And it goes from April all the way to November. And um, it's been a phenomenon for as long as I can remember um, that there's something about the soil in ripley tennessee that grows the most amazing tomatoes ever and of course malcolm i was growing up in boonville i thought the tomatoes that dad grew in the backyard was just great you know (laughs) but if you like that summer acidic tomato taste that you absolutely will not get in the grocery store in the winter there's i mean it's hard to compete with them and you guys tasted them last night. So. Unbelievable. So now you know.
0: Here we are in November. Yeah. And we were eating these tomatoes that tasted like July.
2: And this is a phenomenon. They are normally not this late, but his second round of tomatoes this year were better than the July tomatoes. Wow.
0: All right, let's go to the phone. We have Norma calling from
2: Boonville, Mississippi. Oh my gosh, I
1: need to leave the studio. <laughs> it's all Boonville.
2: Hello, Norma. How are you? Cousin Norma. <laughs> Good
5: morning. <laughs> Good morning, Tim. Uh, I just want to give you one tip about the floured bacon. When I first read about that about oh, a couple of months ago, I tried it, and it was absolutely delicious. And I sprinkled the bacon lightly, well, perhaps heavily, with flour. So the next time I tried it, I got lazy, and I said, Hmm. I'll just put some flour in a Ziploc bag, a large one, and put mm-hmm. three or four pieces of bacon at the time. So I did that. Not a good idea Mm-mm. because there was too much flour, and uh, it ruined the texture of the bacon. Uh, the flour did not get completely cooked. Mm-hmm. So don't get smart like I did. <laughs> just sprinkle the Flour on the bacon, and my instructions told me to uh place it on the cookie sheet that you uh when you first put. Mm, I can't remember if it was foil or parchment paper, but at any rate, I think it's four minutes per side. Wherever I read about this, mm-hmm. and it was great. So y'all enjoy when you have a chance to try it.
1: Okay. Yeah, we want to hear some reports wait. from listeners. I'm well, excited. And, Tim, yeah, you can fry some bacon for us.
0: Now, Tim, you joined Cooking and Coping in March of 2020, shortly after it was created by our great friend Leanne Galt and Carol and others. Um, And Mal. And and, and you've been with us this whole ride. Been there. And we appreciate all of what you bring to the table. You you're always cooking up inspirational dishes. Um, you have posted so many fantastic photographs, comments, and recipes. And we know that you set, you know, weeknights in your loft on South Main in Memphis and on weekends at Edwards Farm in North Mississippi. And we know, like your dear departed mother, Faye Pierce of Boonville, that cooking and entertaining are strictly for those that you love. We are happy to have you on Deep South Dining, and we want you to share with us a little bit about Thanksgiving, your mother's cornbread recipe, and sides, because Mm. you went on the site (laughs) and asked for it. And and you got got it. it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. We we learned a lot last week, for sure, Um, and... I've, what were the
1: questions you posed
2: to, I did the, to the community? I did, too. Uh, I asked, what are your favorites that you can't have Thanksgiving without? Mm. And then I came back and said, what is a no, absolutely you will not touch, no matter who cooked it. And um, folks were free with their information, trust me. So we got over 100 sides, and um, our favorites, number one is sweet potato casserole. Number two is cranberry sauce or relish. And mm. it, it was really interesting to hear people's take on that because one uh, listed it as boozy, one listed it as jelly. So people's version of cranberry sauce or relish certainly are different, but they, they like it. And then number three was the green bean casserole. But then come to the question of the absolute No. Number one is the green bean casserole, so mm. there are a lot of people that just and i mean again, information slimy, nasty, gross, don't want it who in the, uh, an abomination I mean people, right. strong words they got into their descriptors for sure and
1: well, one thing that that really came out for me about the green bean casserole is many of us think it is something you absolutely have to have on your Thanksgiving mm. table because through the decades. People have made green bean casserole with mushroom soup and put those little crispy those little fringes, onions, onions right. that you only find. Which are
0: probably not even onions.
1: Which are, <laughs> are probably not even onions. Right. And you feel like you have to have that. Every year I, I give somebody that recipe to make because my husband had it growing up in Corinth right and I told him your research that you did and he just started laughing he said it is awful <laughs> isn't it, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Uh, well, but, Tim, I, you actually did a spreadsheet <clears throat> on I this. did
2: I have it right here actually and um, the, the the second note shockingly for me was gravy now of course some people will not have any part of the giblet part mm-hmm. but I mean people just listed gravy flat out gravy as an absolute no don't want any of it what's wrong with them and then number three is pumpkin and I might have been a part of that because I'm not a huge pumpkin fan and I'm an absolute no on pumpkin spice so yeah um,
0: we, we don't we don't encourage pumpkin yeah. spice though we talk about it a lot because we, we find just it say to no be, to pumpkin spice we find it to be a vast land of commentary.
2: I love all of the individual spices in it, mm-hmm. but I do not like them together. Well said. Well put. However, if I come to your house and you serve a pumpkin pie with pumpkin spice, I will absolutely eat it. it it's not a no, absolutely never. But right. it's well, but I, that's
1: the kind of guy you are because you know how to accept hospitality. Right.
0: And give hospitality.
1: And, and give.
0: Now— Uh, Kara, last night after she got home, when I got home, she was already in bed. But there were all these things in the kitchen. She had made a blueberry custard pie, put it in the refrigerator. She had roasted acorn squash, and I was going to
1: After She got home. Yeah, while I was with y'all at dinner. Can you believe she she married Malcolm?
2: (laughs) She is fabulous. (laughs) I mean, she I'm got blessed. it at
1: three o'clock in the morning, flew back from Virginia and made her husband and
2: made
0: soup. Also, there was a soup there. But anyway, She's I was going to ask you, you say you don't particularly like pumpkin. What about acorn squash? Your cousin? Sure. Yeah. You're good with
2: and that. And butternut.
0: Mm-hmm. All of the yeah. squ- all squashes.
2: I, I like them. Mm-hmm. Do I want them every day or, or just crave them? No, not
0: really. Sweet potatoes.
2: Yes. Yes. Baked. Only. Back to Boonville. Sorry, that's (laughs) sort of how we had them, Uh you know, and then candied yams. Right. You know, I can't, still can't make them like mom did in the black skillet with Mm. the the sugar and the butter. Okay,
1: yeah, talk a little bit about that because for many of us, candied yams came out of giant cans in the um, elementary school kitchen.
2: No, these were fresh cut sweet potatoes. Grown in the backyard. Sliced
1: or uh, chunk?
2: Not either. Uh, she sort of did batons, you know, hmm. strips. Yeah. And um, then white sugar and butter covered for a little bit, but then you take the lid off. And she had the magic of knowing when to stop because they were candied. Wow. The sugar didn't stick to your teeth, They, it was candy. That's all I can say. And I cannot do it. I've she, never tried, Carol.
0: Have you?
1: I have not, Malcolm, but I'm going to try it, <laughs> it. This, after this may be a, cha- a challenge. Yeah. Take yeah. It well, on. and the sweet potato queen, I mean, the real April McGregor, right? That, you know, in Pennsylvania, whose right. family has a, a farm yep. here, we should get her take on I the bet candy. Bet she can oh, yeah. candy
2: a yam. Yeah, absolutely. She has. Is- posted about that and talked about it yeah
1: Yeah. and yeah she's given us so much with not not only you know telling us how to fix things how you know how to fix things that are broken in the kitchen and what to cook but uh, a lot salad uh, what salad
2: kraut yeah kraut Kraut. salad I mean who I mean yes it makes sense now that I think about it Mm -hmm. and you know the the sourness of it and how great that would be but Never thought about it.
1: But she literally wrote the book on sweet potatoes. She did did have a volume. So we'll have to ask her sometime about candied yams. Maybe she can help us learn your mom's trick. Maybe.
0: Hey, did either of you try the dates last evening on the appetizer tray in the snackle box area of your living room, Carol? They were stuffed with Parmesan cheese and walnuts, I believe. There was a nut in there. Almonds. Almonds. Sorry. Almonds. There was there was an almond and Parmesan cheese, slightly warmed up and melted. And when you bit into it, it was just remarkable. And Did these you have were one?
1: made by Joe and Mary Pryor Sherman. And I saw that they entrusted you with the pan to and put in and out of the oven
0: and then sprinkled with balsamic. Finished with balsamic oh. before Absolutely. serving. Yeah. So you had one.
2: And he brought the bottle. So I think it was from parts from far Italy, off, you know, yep. Italy. <laughs> Italy.
0: <laughs> and I, you know what I told Joe was after eating my third one, I said, you know, when I bite into this, I think sweet potato, the texture. Interesting. Um, the, I don't know the flavor, yeah.
2: uh, little sweeter, but anyway, yeah. really, really good.
1: I wish I had picked up on the almond situation. You were I busy thought it was
2: the pit. <laughs> Brant thought the same thing and asked Joe about it. And Joe laughed. Of course he said, no, i Took the pits out. That's an almond. So
1: yeah, tell tell Brandt I was I was with him. Dates. Clueless. They were they were absolutely beautiful, and the shermans added much to our dinner with the snackle box and charcuterie tray. Really great. I have a
2: friend that adds prosciutto to that. I could see that working. Stuff. Bit of salt. Wrapped in prosciutto. Wrapped and then roasted. And they are dynamic.
0: Okay, let's spend a minute here on this um, dressing. That is before us, Carol.
2: Let's
1: do. And I'm, I'm trying to remember, we started a dressing conversation. I, I may have even started it myself the first year of Cooking and Coping, asking some questions because I'm an oyster dressing person, mm-hmm. and I was making it for my husband's, my new husband's family. Not that I, the, oh, I mean, this was my first time, Okay. And okay. I posted some some question, and Tim posted about the best was his mother's, and it started a conversation that has not ended. It's gone on now for uh, for two years about how to make dressing, and you graciously posted the recipe. And the rest, there are people all over the country making this dressing. Mm-hmm. So tell us about it. Tell us what makes it different. Uh, I've already eaten a whole plate of it, and um, Wow. Yeah, I think
2: the most endearing part of the conversation is the fact that we all, not all, but a lot of people return to their childhood. So many people speak of mama and grandma and Nino and all the things that they call their grandparents. And they talk about that recipe because so many of them would respond and say, oh, that's almost exactly like. And then they would say what their family did differently. Mm. So I mean it is um something that is very special to me. I brought it today in one of mom's corning Weir dishes because it's just her thing. It was the the one thing along with coconut cake that knew that made people know that she really loved them because she cooked dress chicken and dressing. This is her title was chicken and dressing. Um, she never mentioned the cornbread for some reason because that was just part of it, but um she made that and coconut cake for whatever occasion you can imagine and um, when I posted this week, I said for if a family member went to jail and my cousin Nan guffawed i mean she, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was the truth, so you know um, but birthdays she had a an agreement with uh, Travis Childers in Boomville he would bring fresh quail and she would Mm. do dressing and coconut cake for him on their birthdays. So, um, it's a family thing and I wish I knew how she came about it, but it's super simple except the magic is that she always used a hen and hens nowadays are not real easy to come by. Um, so, but I, I think the flavor of it comes from, the fattiness of the hen. So when you boil that hen, you use that broth. <clears throat> I would never ever use a canned or boxed stock or broth with this. And there's no um, aromatics in the broth at all. It's just the hen and water. Is this a hen? We are. It is. <clears throat> and where do you, so you find the, the hen in Memphis? Isn't this now, because it's Thanksgiving, they're fairly available. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kroger had them in the, the big case yeah, they're during older the ye- and fattier exactly uh, during the year Kroger usually has them in the frozen food section mm. you know but that it's the the broth sort of makes it and then Carol you mentioned earlier the this, and Malcolm mentioned sage and you mentioned pepper and that's sort of the magic to mom's dressing and a lot of people don't like sage which is perfectly fine but that's what this is and this has the chicken in it well the sage I have to say is well balanced hands huge yeah so it, it just but but all parts or is no, it sure just yeah. not just breast It's no. thigh right and leg and right
1: yeah I, I remember either you know texting you or posting what, the first time I did it because I could not believe there were no aromatics in the water in the water and you said do not put i just couldn't believe water in a bird
2: and then the the other magic is that the eggs are in the cornbread so there are no raw eggs in the dressing as far as being a binder or anything like that so so
1: the whole boiled eggs are in the dressing
0: no, the they, the eggs went into the cornbread. Corn
2: br- oh, the cornbread, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four eggs in the cornbread. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. in. Early. Now I
1: remember that's yeah. what you said. Right. Ma- yeah, she put and the- Mom
2: never talked about that being a binder, but she did say that it makes it richer. Mm. It makes the cornbread richer, so um, you know you could put more in it if you wanted more flavor.
1: Malcolm, but- did your family have chicken in your in your dressing? Yes,
0: my my grandparents, my grandmother's made chicken and dressing or turkey and dressing. Uh, but <clears throat> later on in life, uh, you know, I began to, to be very fond of, of stuffing. My mother-in-law uh, from Austria made stuffing instead of dressing. I had, I had grown up with cornbread dressing and love it dearly. But I began to experiment with stuffing using uh, bread uh, and and I use I love um, all grain breads because I love all of the nuts and grains texture that, texture that comes with the seeds and all of that for sure. But um, I began making sort of a hybrid. I'd put a little bit of cornbread in it, and the base would be. Uh, stuffing. I'm rolling my eyes you because
1: are. Malcolm is like one big experiment. He never does anything <laughs> the, the same way twice. And
0: then I would do oysters <laughs> in this. And later, Kara doesn't particularly like oyster dressing. Uh, so we went to crab meat dressing and it was crab meat stuffing sort of. And I slowly moved away from the cornbread and moved into the stuffing. So if if you were to ask me to bring dressing or aside stuffing to a party it would have crab meat and and stuffing versus
1: do you bread. stuff the turkey with the stuffing now you know
0: not i have certainly growing up but no i got away from that i started putting the fruits and vegetables in there tim mm-hmm. what about you
2: yeah definitely just uh aromatics and orange and lemon mm. oh so. yeah a little bit of rosemary, yep. maybe. Rosemary. Okay, I have a, another mm.
1: dressing question and comment. I love oyster dressing. I like to make it with seafood stock, mm-hmm. um, you know, French bread, all that. and French uh,
2: bread. Now, wait a minute.
1: Mm-hmm. Make that, it with bre- with stale French bread.
2: And no cornbread? That's no cornbread in my oyster that, dressing. Okay, okay.
1: But, but uh, I was trying, um, my husband and his twin brother kept talking about the oyster dressing that their family had in Corinth. And so I would make this oyster dressing and they would say, "Mm, that's not it. And then the next year I made John Foltz's oyster dressing that is actually Ruth Fertel from Ruth's Chris Steakhouse dressing. No, that's not it. And they said, you just take dressing and just stick the oysters in it. Never heard of that until you're po your uh, questions the other day several people mentioned they just make cornbread dressing right. and stick oysters yeah. in it yeah. huh
0: and and some surely some of the oyster liquid would go in absolutely because that's where the a lot of the flavor comes I from.
1: know but they didn't they didn't say that
0: oh well hey we got a caller from macomb Mississippi Alice is on the phone hello Alice how are you this morning
3: I'm doing okay i'm just i'm missing i, I hear y'all talking about the uh, and the chicken uh-huh.
1: duck dressing. Step away from the radio a little bit, Alice. Oh. You're breaking up. And if you wouldn't mind, repeat the question.
5: Okay, you got me now. That's better. Yeah,
0: you know I've even made duck dresses. Duck? Oh, duck. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Tim, you ever made duck dresses? I haven't. What about duck gumbo?
2: Absolutely. Duck and andouille? Yeah, all day
0: long. Gotta love it. Carol, you ever used duck in your dressing?
1: I've never used duck, but I love duck gumbo. But last year was not a great duck season, and I didn't get oh. to do it. Mm. So anybody that has extra ducks, I'm looking for them.
0: Oh, okay. This for is a call poppers. for ducks. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: a call for ducks. Yeah.
0: Your and brother always...
1: made fantastic duck gumbo. Yes, he and did. I, I bought some from him for Thanksgiving one time. He
0: always made it the day before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and we always had it for everybody to take home for Thanksgiving. And man, do I miss that.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, Carol, I want you to go to Garden and Gun and just Google oyster dressing Garden and Gun. Okay. And just take a look at that because that's what I use for oyster dressing, and it is magical. Hmm. Um, Years ago, we were invited for Thanksgiving dinner at our dear friend Yancey's house, and she had worked tirelessly for... Days, of course, in her storytelling to do this meal, but our friend Carrie brought oyster dressing and it was just succulent. It was just amazing. So here we are at a table full of food that Yancey has worked on but everybody's raving about the oyster dressing and Yancey just was not having it. Yeah I mean, she was not happy. Not happy at all. She finally said okay I need somebody to take on over what I did. <laughs> so,
1: now how southern is that to take on?
2: Yancey's from Brandon. Her mother trained Marion Mobley. Oh. So uh, she is a true Southern belle, and we miss her dearly. COVID took her away from us, but we miss her so much. But the other part of that story is that night, of course, she had shined the dining table to the par- fairly well with Old English polish, and because it looked so good, she didn't wipe the polish off. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, middle of dinner, I looked over, and one of the guys had on a, a beautiful starched white shirt, and there's this brown stuff <laughs> all over his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what in the world is on your sleeve? And he said, well, it's on yours, too. <laughs> all the men held their sleeves up, and we all had Old English polish all over our sleeves. So oh, oh,
1: That, is that was the night of the
2: oyster dressing and the Old English polish, and how Southern can that be?
1: <laughs> I know. Malcolm, do you think we've taken on over Tim's dressing?
2: You've taken on plenty. Absolutely. Yes, this is uh, delightful. Chicken and dressing. Loving that uh, black pepper.
1: I, that's what, I told him that mm-hmm. yeah, a little while ago, and it, it's not yeah. ground black. It's black pepper out of the can.
2: Well, it's Pensy's Crack Tellicherry <laughs> Okay, all pepper. right. Well, it, it is <laughs> but delicious. Not, mother but it's absolutely fine. used ground pepper out of the can, but the, the <laughs> trick to that was my father never thought it had enough pepper, so mother would get it just right with the sage and the pepper, And then Dad would come along and add, and invariably every single time she made it, she would say, Daddy, you're going to ruin the dressing. Stop adding more black pepper. So I try to – I start with Mom, and then I try to get it to taste like Dad's (laughs) because I like black pepper as well.
1: What a great memory. So go back to uh, your, your list, your, your spreadsheet. Absolutely. What about marshmallows?
2: No marshmallows were mentioned. Only mm-hmm. one time and somebody talked about their streusel type topping with pecans and said none of that nasty marshmallow stuff.
1: I see Java uh, nodding his head. Java, do you put marshmallows on your sweet potatoes? Yeah, you got to have it. (laughs) You
2: you didn't chime in. I didn't chime in. You did not chime in. I know you didn't chime in simply because we only had three people mentioned mac and macaroni cheese. and cheese I don't Only I don't understand
4: three. where this void of macaroni and cheese right. comes from that is
2: not a thanksgiving thing on uh-huh. cooking and coping because my
4: sister's uh girlfriend makes the best macaroni and cheese with like all the type of cheeses in the world in it and it is my favorite and mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. now my wife makes it so okay well. I mean, I'm a happy camper <laughs> what well, about one of these? the
1: comments though was mac and cheese is a family food that you eat a lot and it's you so know it's maybe not, it's, yeah, it's not, but they, they were not totally dogging mac and cheese Java.
4: Yeah no I could see that. I mean I could have mac and cheese with except se- for meals throughout the year. <laughs> I think you need to
1: talk about leanne and <coughs> Galt. She uh she actually made some very disparaging comments Uh-oh. about mac and cheese. We'll she
4: talk did. we'll talk about it yeah, off we'll line. take that up with right. yeah, her yeah.
0: <laughs> What about congeal salads or say aspics?
2: Oh, mercy we we had a lot of folks with opinions about that. I mean, a friend in Colorado chimed in and he was not having any part of that stuff that has peas and cheese and pineapple and that green jello lime <laughs> stuff. He was not having any of it. But I will tell you that um, that I was taken down memory lane for sure. Uh, Linda Brooks Myers talked to us about the Coca-Cola Black Cherry congealed Salad, and I mean, it, I went straight to the fellowship hall. Wow! It it, it took me <laughs> right to the Thanksgiving meal at church for sure. And she also talked about the copper penny salad. So um, that's the carrots. Mary, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Marinated carrots. Mm. Yeah. not thought Now, was them in she years. the
1: one that, that you asked? Was there a Tupperware mold involved? Absolutely.
2: Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, when you mention a congealed salad like that, I'm like, absolutely.
1: There's a Tupperware mold somewhere but, uh, behind it.
2: Yeah. Jay MacArthur here in Jackson also talked about the Mandarin orange jello salad. Um, five cup salad was discussed as well as Watergate um, so we we had a lot of the the favorites that wait
1: wait 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 five cup salad in Watergate. You mean the the political? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm gonna have to do a lesson here. <laughs> My education's coming out. So, a five cup salad is uh, it's five cups. It's mandarin oranges, um, miniature marshmallows, pineapple tidbits, fresh coconut, and Cool Whip. Those are the five cups. And you stir that together, and that's the five-cup salad. The Watergate salad is um, Cool Whip pistachio jello, dry pistachio really? jello, stirred into the Cool Whip, along with miniature marshmallows, pineapple, and pecans. Wow. There. Watergate. So. Watergate. Salad. What else There's you There's got to have
1: some <laughs> some meaning. I can tell there was a lot of congealing going on in Boonville.
2: Oh, well, that's not just
1: Boonville. Well, I, Liz is coming I think in. I think uh, Facebook has got a conspiracy going on because I haven't been seeing my cooking and coping uh, posts recently. But I love the black cherry uh, congealed salad, but I'm totally against like a mayonnaise whip on top i right. don't like that hmm. but uh getting my kids we would love to also make the orange jello with orange pineapple and i would shave uh carrots to put in it just as a way to hide vegetables in something mm. that's
0: <laughs> a good old mom right? hiding vegetables Absolutely. in everything liz yeah. gill <clears throat> thank you for your input there well,
2: speaking of mayonnaise we have to talk about homemade mayonnaise and the delta you know Joe Sherman was the first to talk about tomato aspic with homemade mayonnaise. And um,
1: and he praised his wife's mayonnaise.
2: Right, did. Carlisle Parsons Wood came and joined him on the tomato aspic train. So it was there for sure.
1: Okay, well, tomato aspic in a big mole or the little moles, um, how jiggly should it be?
2: I don't think tomato aspic's supposed to be jiggly. And I, for Thanksgiving, I think people try to show out and be pretty. So you know, the smaller okay. molds, individual servings.
1: Well, I saw several mentions of jiggles or jiggly on your, uh, right, on your post. But I guess that was with cranberries.
2: And, and it's mostly on the no section. On the
1: no section, <laughs> which they didn't want uh, any did, part did of. Did you note the comment from the person who loves cranberry salad, cranberry sauce? But it has to have the can and the rings around yes, the can. Yes,
2: absolutely, absolutely. There were a lot of people very much in favor of the canned, gelled cranberry yeah, sauce. It's
0: what they're used to. Yeah. It it's to see, what they know.
1: But I like it that you have to see the rings. Right,
0: you have to see the imprint of the can. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. So uh, Thanksgiving uh, is around the corner. Uh, let's let's share with our listeners a, a few things that they need to. Be mindful of as we approach Thanksgiving, Carol, if you would.
1: The Thanksgiving countdown. The
0: countdown officially begins.
1: It begins this week. Clean out your freezer now. Mm-hmm. You know, start making room. That's very, very important. Uh, finalize your guest list. Go ahead and confirm who's coming and find out if they have dietary restrictions. Mm-hmm. You do not want to learn that at the table. No. Tim, you could make a comment about the manners of that.
2: Well, not at the table for sure, but I I was intrigued by the one person that said that she just didn't like any Thanksgiving food. Oh, no. She should announce that beforehand. Well, and and I said, so. Bring a hamburger. If you're making Thanksgiving, what would you enjoy? And I have no issue with this. She said grilled salmon, asparagus with Gruyere grits, and fresh fruit salad. And then she went on to say bubble bread from Sanibel Island's bubble room. So we got we a meal for yeah, sure. We got a mail. So, and I wouldn't argue with it wow. at all. Yeah, can't argue with okay,
1: that. Okay, finalize your shopping list and go ahead and order your turkey. And one more thing. And decide then, if
0: you're going to have a turkey, a chicken, or a turkey breast. Or salmon. Or salmon. right? Yeah. Right.
1: And this week is a good week to go ahead and get your non-perishable supplies to take that off your list. Your, you know, your drinks, your canned goods, you know, all that kind of stuff. Go ahead and do it.
0: Yeah. So that's um, now, right, Carol? That's You should be now. doing those things now. And then next week... We will proceed with the countdown to Thanksgiving and all the essentials that one must begin to prepare for. This morning, actually, as Kara was leaving the house, she said, I think we're going to have a turkey breast instead of a whole turkey this year. And I was fine with that. She had been obviously thinking about it. Tim, do you do the whole bird?
2: We do the whole bird, but I did get an email just this morning from D'Artagnan, who's one of my favorite meat purveyors, with seven festive alternatives. Mm. So they start, of course, with beef tenderloin, and then they go to a Berkshire pork loin, uh, venison, um, leg of lamb, a whole duck, and uh, milk-fed veal. But wow. one of the things that I found really interesting is several people said, I don't like turkey. I just don't like turkey. And one of them went on to say, I prefer Ina Gardens roast chicken over turkey. Yeah. So I had And about, it is the perfect chicken. I had several people that said, we just have roast chicken. And, mm-hmm. said, roast chicken.
0: and I like a standing rib roast oh, occasionally a rib roast. for mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. A, a change of pace. Yep. Carol, you ever do that? Yeah, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. uh, certainly. We, we a do it at Christmas r- r- more than Thanksgiving, and, but we love it. And a
0: turkey. You do it more at Christmas time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Tim, we deeply appreciate that you took this mission seriously when we asked you to talk about sides.
2: I love statistics, so. <laughs> and he's fun. a former band director, right? For band sure.
1: director, interior yeah. designer,
0: design. All of
1: cook by night. Yeah, and a bon vivant, a bon vivant who uh, who adheres to his mother's advice of only cooking for those you love. And for sure. I know people ask you all the time, do you cook professionally?
2: no
0: yeah tim we both spent time in the northeast hills of uh, northeast mississippi and the lower appalachians did you do you have a fondness for the slug or dough burger
2: i don't like either term quite frankly because (laughs) we came up with week's diner and week's burger it, it was it was i mean those things are just so derogatory and you and I could talk about the history of the, the family and how special they were to us. And but I had a, a dear uncle that loved to take me everywhere, and he was a a man of the world and had language that my mother just detested. But um, he took me to have those burgers, and I loved him for it.
0: Do you remember Willie's father? Did Absolutely. You go back to yeah. the trolley car, the, the trolley. right yeah, next to the Baptist church about. there yeah. in, in the bank. Amazing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Stab was something. Of course, Willie was an amazing human being. Great photographer, for historian, sure. musician. Yes. I don't know if you remember that yes. part of his life. He he Absolutely. lived in Memphis for many years, went right. to Memphis State, studied art, yeah. uh, and, and then and came home the and Burger. came home to take over the family
2: business. Mom tried to make the, the burgers at home, and she did fine. But when she really wanted one, she would send Dad to the pool hall <laughs> to, to Weeks you right. to, to get the burgers.
0: What did they call it, the something center, the rec, rec what did rec, they call that, yeah, pool hall? I can't remember. Right. Anyway.
1: It's all about Boonville here on right. Deep South Dining. That's right.
2: Well, Tim,
0: be. thank you so much for coming to town and joining us. Pleasure. Good thank Lord. You so much. We do love all of the things that, that you bring to the table and uh, your passion, your flavors.
2: We'll keep on cooking and coping. Your
0: great wit, and thank you so much. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Stink Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. For our call screener and my co-host, Carol Palmer, and our special guest, Tim Pierce, I'm Malcolm White saying thank you for tuning in. And remember, you can join us every Monday morning for more Deep South Dining. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.